following podcast discussing the culture around a career-focused generation. My name is Kathy, and today I have my good friend with me, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? I'm Kevin. <laughs> so Kevin is an engineering student, and um, you're currently in Singapore doing exchange. Yeah, I study uh, systems design engineering at the University of Waterloo, and uh, I'm on an exchange semester here at NUS in Singapore. Nice. Um, so today, our like what we want to talk about is, I guess, we first had the engineering bubble, but I think um, we're gonna go on like a spectrum of like the engineering bubble, but also your story kind of within it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So we'll start with we'll start with like well let's do like a year by year. I guess I think that or like you know like a milestone by milestone. So yeah. starting with entering engineering and like what you learn is like the engineering bubble at Waterloo. Like yeah, what is that? Yeah. I think also it's interesting to think sometimes about year by year because uh so Waterloo has a co-op system. Uh right. which is kind of also kind of like a big part of like all my experiences. But essentially if you're not familiar with it, the co-op system is uh, a program designed so that undergraduate students uh, will have to do internships in order to graduate Um, and they often end up taking a bit more than the standard four years so the way it works for engineering at waterloo and slightly different depending on if they're in like computer science or like arts and business or something but for engineering um, you have to take six co-ops so six internships Um, well actually you have six internship opportunities but you need five to graduate and depending on your stream either if you're stream four or stream eight you do four months of school and then four months of internship, four months of school, four months of internship, or you do uh, four months of school, four months of school, and then you do your first internship and then you keep alternating after that. Um, so I am in my third year, but technically it's my fourth year because it's a five year program. So I'm <laughs> like third year content, but I'm like in my fourth year. So like all my friends are like graduating at this point. Um, but I'm in what we call a 3B term, so like the second semester of my third year. Um, and yeah. All right. So like, um, I guess the original question, what oh, yeah. was, no, I mean, like, I just like lost, it's, this is really good like background info right, that probably right, most right. people would need to know. Um, yeah. But yeah, the original question. <laughs> what is the engineering bubble exactly because like yeah. i remember telling you about this podcast and ge- like i don't know like last year and you were like oh there's something like that in engineering and i was like what <laughs> oh yeah oh i guess there is but like i don't really know exactly what it is so yeah. let's have you speak more about it yeah so i think there's like some the interesting thing because um um hearing your earlier episodes um there's it seems like at Queens, there's so there's the, the commerce bubble, mm-hmm. which I think is in almost slightly in like what what for me would be two things is blended into one, I think, for, for mm-hmm. me. So because um, at Waterloo, we have our like engineering like undergrad, uh, which for me is systems design engineering. It's pretty like really general. So we take courses in uh, like mechanical engineering, uh, electrical stuff, software stuff, chemical stuff. Um, 
But chances are you're not going to find like a co-op job that does all of those things. Um, people tend to kind of like um, get funneled into one category or like one realm of things. There are people who end up like doing like a different thing for each co-op, but tends to be that most people um, typically do one thing. Um, and so the, the two like the two bubbles that I would kind of articulate would be one, this engineering bubble, which is sort of like at school, um, how engineering programs are like slightly segregated from many other, other programs on campus, like socially um, through things like the Engineering Society and events like that. Yeah. And then I would say a different bubble is like the actual like when you're going after different jobs, the whole like tech scene, which is like, you know, the tech industry, software industry is like very huge right now. And a lot of people are actually, you know, for their co-ops are trying to get jobs, whether it be like software engineering or like digital product design or product management within the tech field. And that actual, what I would describe as a tech bubble is more of like uh, more program agnostic in the sense that like, even if you're not in engineering, if you're in computer science, or even if you're in like a completely different program like urban planning that has co-op, a lot of people are tending to do uh, jobs in the tech industry because they're just, it's such a big industry, there's so much money, there's so many jobs. Um, and so it's pulling people from all these different uh, programs into that. So they may not, they may or may not be from the engineering bubble, uh, but the engineering bubble and the tech. Oh, they all wanna go into tech. Yeah, um, exactly. Oh, I didn't, yeah, that's true. It's interesting that like, I've only seen, well, I guess, like, I guess being from the uh, southern, like, Canada, like, Ontario region of universities, um, Waterloo has, I guess, the biggest tech bubble of all other universities that I know yes. people at. Yeah. Um, why do you think that is? Um, I, I think it's, it's yeah, probably two things. Um, it, for one, has had a very strong... Um, it's 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 like fundamentally built on primarily its engineering and computer science programs. Like those are the programs that it's definitely investing the most resources to. But then on top of that, I think it's just the the track record of the co-op program and the kind of reputation that it's had um, in terms of attracting students who are interested in that kind of program, as well as marketing those students to employers who are looking for um, people who are like kind of gone through an environment like that. Um, so uh I, especially when it comes to the tech industry i think i mean so much of it is like getting experience i mean I, you hear about stories of people who don't even go to university but um who have maybe like started coding very young or things like that or just worked on side projects on their own and are able to land some sort of job at uh, a tech company and able to kind of go off of that um so i do think like the necessity of like a like a full uh, full undergraduate education is slightly less important in that industry but what Waterloo kind of still provides is like forcing people to get that work experience and so um, when companies in the software industry are looking at students from Waterloo they see a school with a good reputation academically and like a bunch of kids who have like real world experience um, and so I think those two things just pair really well. Yeah I think um, a large part is how successful your school's engineering programs were and I don't know I guess as you said like that's probably how it started but do you think it's morphed into something more I guess something different now or is it still that 
combination of good grades and good reputation. Like I feel like it's I feel like there's some other factors, but I'm not sure now. <laughs> um, there's there's definitely I think as time goes on more uh, alumni from Waterloo. Ah, uh, um, true. Recruiting back at things as well. There. Yeah. So like, um, in a sense that like after a lot of people from Waterloo have started going to tech, those alumni are now kind of getting either into like positions where they're like founding their own ventures or they're like hiring managers at different companies. Like for example, my uh, my manager for like my third and fourth cohort were, was like a Waterloo grad. And so she would really kind of like look a lot for Waterloo mm. students. Um, and she was kind of like, she was based in the Bay, uh, the Bay Valley, the Bay Area. <laughs> oh my God. All right, um, get it, you're engineering. Yeah, we got, we got this stuff already. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I think like, um, it's kind of like the, 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 as more and more alumni graduate and get situated yeah. in those companies, um, they kind of have like, a good um, idea of what, like, what kind of experience people are getting mm. from Waterloo. Um, and so yeah more people get into yeah that makes sense so like let's let's switch it to talk about your story (laughs) um yeah um, so you you I guess followed the tip I don't know if it's called typical the typical engineering um route as in like I well I I feel like most of us have heard of Cali or bust um and Mm -hmm. that's like the elephant in the room but Waterloo kids like to talk about Cali or bust, and that refers to getting a tech job in California, uh, probably more specifically Bay Area or the Valley um, within their co-ops. And it's like any other location is probably, I don't know, lesser (laughs) for us. But I'm not saying like everyone went after California jobs with that mindset, but I guess what was your experience when you were applying, when you were in that process with all your peers doing that, like, I guess, I don't know, recruitment process. Yeah, so like, I remember when I first got into um, like Waterloo, I was in my first semester and, um, you know, I obviously know that I have to like start applying for co-op jobs. The thing is like, um, for my program, which was in stream four, so I had to start applying for my first internship, like, just a few weeks after I'd started university. Um, and so at this point, I'm just like a glorified high school student, right? And I'm like, I don't know what I wanna do. Like, uh, I guess I have some stuff that I did like in high school for like clubs and what, whatnot. Um, and um, my program had like a pretty decent, like um, I guess mentorship system where a lot of the upperclassmen would like help out the lower classmen in terms of like preparing a resume, um, doing coffee chats, uh, uh, like interview prep and so on. And because a lot of tech jobs are based in uh, California or Silicon Valley, Bay, San Francisco Bay Area, um, and those jobs tend to be, I guess, more prestigious, um, there tends to be this like idea or glorification of like California and that these are where the best jobs are. Um, you kind of like at this point you're kind of walking in as like a a high school student who doesn't know what they really want to do you look at the people who are like ahead of you a few years and you see them doing these jobs it's like oh like I feel like I should be doing these jobs as well Um, and um, 
So it's like, okay, like it seems like California is the goal. Um, and then on top of that, there's sort of like the meta culture uh, of it. And um, people kind of would come up with sayings like, oh, Cali, you're bust. Like, this is like the end all be all. Like, we got to do this. Like, we got to, um, you know, we got to go for this. If it's not California, then it's like not worth it. Um, and so that's kind of where that culture came from. And personally, I think it's quite toxic. Um, but when you're in a situation where you're like, you have no idea like what you want to do, um, you, you haven't really gone through those experiences yourself yet, you, you kind of like, you kind of see or hear the, like, I guess the, the chatter or what seems to be like the thing, the, the it thing, the, 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 yeah, group yeah. Opinion, the group opinion, yeah, the, the thing. And it's really easy to buy into that and be like, oh, maybe this is the thing that I should be doing. Um, so that said, for me, my uh, mentality, I think, um, there was definitely the idea that like, okay, California was like very prestigious. But when I went, went in for my first um, co-op, like I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I ended up getting a, uh, what I would consider like a digital product design job. Um, and this was actually kind of like, I ended up getting that job because like I did a lot of like graphic design stuff in high school, which is like maybe tangentially related to it. Um, but I was able to get a job that like I enjoyed and it was in Kitchener and it was good. It was a good learning environment. And I had always kind of, at that time, I was still thinking about California as like a moonshot goal. Like um, I want to get there, but like I'm not good enough yet uh, type of thing. Um, and then so like when I got into that first co-op, it was like a really good learning environment. And it was like um, it was for like an innovation lab at a, at a bank in Kitchener. And um, I had like a really good manager. I had like some mentors in the sense that even other co-op students who are a bit older than me. Um, but when I was there, I think I had this like residual, I guess, mindset from like being on campus um, of like thinking about, okay, those upper years who have like gone to California and stuff like that, or like just like this seems to be the path. After I started doing my co-op job, I started getting to it like, because it was, pretty much in the tech industry and digital product design i started to get a better idea of what like doing that job would be like and then like i kind of got sucked into this idea like okay now this is it i started it now i just have to keep going like have to like get really really good at this craft of like digital product design and like if i just keep practicing if i just keep like you know improving myself and like learning more like reading blog articles uh, blog posts and like articles medium articles online you know watching watching videos and like coffee chatting people listen to podcasts this was me in my first co-op i was like i need to like be the best like um because all of my influences i think at the time were like not even directly saying that but i would look at people who i think had like quote unquote progressed or like who had been older than me and it seemed like that was the path so i was like okay if I keep working and getting better at this craft, then I'll like find success somehow. Okay, and we're back. Uh, <laughs> we're back. We're back from our sponsor. And <laughs> no sponsor, <laughs> but just back from a music break. Music break. Yeah, it'll yes. have a it'll have um, a little track. Um, so as you were saying about being. Uh, surrounded by your peers in upper years and seeing how they found success and you were I guess I guess you could say that you were defining your success or like your metric of success for yourself yeah 
Yeah, for sure. I think like I got into a place where I was really defining my uh, success from uh, this idea of like a certain job that I wanted to get that I think other people would, not necessarily a certain job, but like a category of jobs that I think um, people would look up to and be like, wow, that's like a successful job because I think I had done the same thing uh, when I was, you know, like I, I was doing the same thing when I was looking at other people. Um, and so um, kind of not having an idea of like what I really wanted to do um, and being presented with that, that kind of became the thing that I wanted to do and the goal that I was chasing after. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was, I think, oh, were you just gonna say something? No, I was gonna be like, so what happened after? <laughs> yes. So I would I, actually, let's describe, I think my, my progression at a bit more like like, like a more uh, less detail at first and we can see what parts we want to dive into yeah so i think a tldr yeah the tldr (laughs) is like like um from first year i was like super like keen i like wanted to do everything like after my first um my first co-op i wanted to come back and join like all the clubs that would help me um you know get better at what i wanted to do the perfect product designer (laughs) yeah exactly In, in my head I want like I was gonna do all the things that made me the quote unquote the perfect product designer, um, and then later on, uh, so I kept I kept trying to do that and I kept trying to get like but uh, what I thought would be better jobs and stuff. Um, but it came to a point where like I realized I was like very unhappy doing that. Mm. Um, yeah, like I, I was like like it kind of just like it kind of just kept getting like super draining. Um, there was times when like if I didn't get like an interview or like um, like a job offer for a job that I thought was like super successful or like super prestigious, then I would get like extremely sad. Like essentially like I was putting all my ba- all my eggs into that basket of like um, this goal or like this like kind of like this like, I guess I wouldn't really, like I probably wouldn't have said like Cali or Bust, but mm. it like it's very similar to that kind of like- Mentality. That kind of goal, mentality. Yeah, um, and so, it came to a point where um, I was getting like so let down or just, like so sad from like not kind of like being able to meet these like self-imposed expectations um, that it, I just it just kind of like broke down for me. Like I was like, oh, like, oh, shit, like, uh, is this really what I want to do? Like, what whose goal am I chasing? Is this really my own goal? And um, I felt like um, there was a huge like reconstruction process that took like a few a few terms in a few months. Um, first, it was actually um, I think it started in my second co-op, but then it kind of like uh, it kind of like bled into my third co-op. So my third co-op was when I actually um, got a job in California as a product designer, and then so that was like. <laughs> Oh, made it yeah, as yeah. they'd say uh, <laughs> anyways no nah, yeah, I'm, no, I'm kidding that was interesting. <laughs> I'm fucking like, kidding in some ways because at the time I had felt like I had quote unquote made it right and like um, yeah then the next thing is like so what right so um, like oh when I was there and that that one I was surrounded by all these great people um, and then I just kind of realized that uh, you know I don't even know if I really like product design <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh shit! Like, I don't really okay. know if I can, can continue doing this. Like, I'm putting a lot of effort in this, and like, I feel like kind of like made some progress, but like, um, it seems nice. It seems nice, but um, 
And there's some thing yeah. that just doesn't feel like it's as satisfying. I mean, like in a way, you didn't ever really get to explore exactly. your options. If I mean, like first first year, you come in in a, like a couple of weeks, and you just all right, gotta start applying. And then, as you said, like you got that first internship, and you're like, all right, I'm gonna double down on product design and just like go for it. So I guess you never really had that opportunity to go anything, do anything else yeah. or like explore yeah. other things. So after that point, I had like, yeah, you're exactly right. Like, and I think um, my mindset got to that place exactly where um, I've been kind of feeling sad sometimes when I wasn't meeting these goals and like somehow kind of meet these goals and I'm like, not sure, like I'm like, this is, is this what I, is this all I dreamed of? Is this all I wanted? Um, and then I'm like, hold on, how did I even get here to begin with? And then I'm like, okay, I just feel like I like got, got tunneled into this thing. Now I like want to explore other things. And um, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna just try like, a bunch of different things. Um, and I wanted to like go get into like hardware design. I wanted to like try like product management. I wanted to try like data science. I wanted to try something called like UX research. Um, and um, so that next term, actually, I applied for like a bunch of other, I tried to like branching out a lot. Um, and I went through some interviews and whatnot, but I ended up actually going return to the same company, but under a different role. Um, yeah, and that was actually really nice because like it was a situation where like I kind of like knew everybody, I knew the company, but I could just kind of like do something new. And like, I didn't have a lot of like that kind of like, I don't know, like, it was really easy to onboard because like I didn't really have to onboard. Um, <laughs> like you already you were there last term. Um, yeah. And um, I guess it came to a point where like I was trying UX research and I found that I really enjoyed it. Um, and I guess my mindset got to a point where like I felt in that reflection process like. Um, there are so many things potentially that I could be interested in, but there's never going to, I don't think like it will, I would enjoy like sampling everything. Does this make sense? Like, like for me to actually try out everything that I was potentially interested in would take so much time that like, um, and the end result is like, I would find something that I would maybe like a little bit more than something else. But I came to a point where it's like, um, if I find something that I like, pretty, like like decently, it doesn't have to be like this thing that I feel like I'm in love with. Like if I like it decently enough, then I'm okay with doing that and like um, and like kind of just going from there. And like I think as well at that point, like I was kind of building up like other facets of my life, like outside of work and career stuff. Um, and like I felt like I was kind of like building like a decent like picture of like the person that I kind of wanted to be. Oh, got deep, guys. Yeah. And so that's kind of when I felt like I was, um, I, had, I had kind of like, I would say, describe, describe this actually as like toned down a bit of my ambition in the sense that like before I was like, before I was like, okay, mm. I had to be like the best part designer. And then that was like, I was like ambition one. And then ambition two was like, okay, I have to find like the craft that is like perfect for me. Um, so it was like it was like one was like 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 depth mm. like pursuit of depth the second one was like pursuit of breadth and then I was like 
Um, Wait, sit a little closer to the like, mic. Like, I feel okay. like I'm in like a decent spot now, and I can just kind of like chill and like build up like other areas in my life. Um, and um, then I would describe this part as the the the, po- the point where I like kind of de- declined in terms of career ambition, uh, in the sense that like uh, I didn't really care as much about being like. Mm. like good at my job like I want to do a good job but like I didn't have to be like the best person at my job or uh, anything like that <laughs> and so this is at this point right. where I was like I want to just experience other areas of life and then I applied for a job in Tanzania and uh, this is kind of like where I was this is where my mind was when I like was in this position, position. I was like I feel like I can kind of do, do this like UX research thing for like decently well, um, I just want to like try something completely different that I wouldn't like. It's like mm-hmm. it's career wise is not necessarily a good decision in the sense that like I'm not, <laughs> making, I'm not <laughs> like the company didn't have many people that I think I could like learn from in terms of like craft perspective. Um, it was definitely more like I think like for like self growth. Like it was yeah, like a self growth experience, experience yeah, more yeah, exactly. than it is like a career choice. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And how is Exactly. And how was Africa? It was. uh, How did it? It was great. How did it change uh, your perspective on everything? I guess because I I know, like personally, we've talked about that stuff, but in in terms of how you can elaborate, it it, it showed me in terms of like business opportunities. Like, there's so much stuff that can be done in Sub-Saharan Africa to actually build like a sustainable business, Um, but like people don't really invest there, I guess, um, because like, it's such a like a developing mm-hmm. area. Um, actually, except for China. Oh, China, China, China knows, knows what's up. Like, up. <laughs> yeah, China knows what's up because like, this is my theory is that like, like China itself has a company, uh, as a country, um, has gone through like, transition yeah, yeah. from like a developing nation, nation so to fast. a much more developed nation. So I think it, it's like more like, yeah, exactly, extremely fast. So I think it's more like in tune with like actually transitioning mm. different places, uh, whereas like you know like the United States and Canada and Europe have been yeah, yeah, yeah. developed for so long. Um, that's one thing. It actually made me want to um, at some point potentially like start my own company um, there. Oh, yeah. It made me I think also think about like things that I want to do because while I was there, I worked for a company that was uh, working on energy access and energy delivery. Mm-hmm. in uh in africa in tanzania specifically um and it was a cause that i could really get behind and i think that uh, i realized being there and seeing kind of the work being done and seeing like how people were like benefiting from the work like how i guess meaningful that can be and like still while having like providing like really interesting problems and challenges um at the same time um and so it's something that like i think like if you can marry like the idea of like having a job that's fulfilling and challenging and all that stuff while doing like something that's like you kind of like think is benefiting people like why not do both right um so that kind of changed my perspective a lot in terms of that and i think it made me like even more like mission driven in the sense that like um like like i really want to care about what like my like my company is doing and like what problem is trying to solve um and um also just kind of like talking to because it was an extremely small team like talking to the founding team um it just like really like 
made me want to start my own venture at some point. Um, and it made me feel like, like it didn't seem like something that was so far off. Like I felt like something like, like if I kind of keep going, like I build the skills that I think would be necessary to actually make something happen and make it, make it possible. Um, so I think those were like, in terms of career stuff, those were two things that like, I think would, uh, I, I really got from that experience. Um, people wise and just being there, like it was like, I feel like I learned a, a bunch of other stuff about like, um, like how, what it's like when a government just like neglects its people, um, or like, um, like the importance of like infrastructure and roads and like waste management systems and like all these different things. Like it was like crazy going there and mm-hmm. just seeing such a different world. That's so interesting. Um, then how okay let's let's do like a some ending topic i'm actually curious because like now that now you're in singapore um and you did your co-op term in in tanzania how do you think your current mindset compares to like first year ambitious um keener like i feel like now you can hear that you have grown and learned different things but how do you feel um like yourself like how do you feel in terms of your position now versus in first year uh yeah i think the biggest thing that i have learned and i think that i would like to impart to others as well is like to be intentional as much as you can about Mm. what you're chasing um which is a lot easier said than done I think like it's almost like a privilege that I have now that I can be intentional because I've experienced like so many different things that I have, like, mm-hmm. have a better idea of what I want. Um, but like for example, for me, like like um, for my for my I'm applying for like my last internship and like what I want of that internship is like a place where I can get um, I can improve my like UX research craft because like like those are skills that I want to like eventually take with me um, mm-hmm. to start my own company or to do other things that I want to mm-hmm. do like much later in life. Um, um, but yeah, like that, that's pretty much the, like the, the, like the reason behind what I want. Um, when I was back in first year, like the reason behind what I wanted was like, oh, because I think like this is what people do. Like True. this is what everybody should be doing. But like, I didn't know, like I, I didn't have any idea. Like I couldn't articulate personally why I wanted to do that, like out of like, yeah, like out of like personal mm-hmm. reasons or values and things like that. Um, other than except for uh, maybe I don't know, like cloud chasing or something like that. But like, <laughs> yes, um, we're all in cloud um, chasing. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, um, but like when you're in first year, it's so hard to like, you don't know what you like, you don't know what you, what you want. Um, but I would say like, um, what, what I would say for somebody who is in that position is like, like go ahead, like, go cloud chase, like go um, like follow what everybody is doing. But as you're doing it, like, like keep track of like how you're feeling and like keep track of like, try to reflect a lot, like at every, every milestone, you know, like, like, is this what I want? Uh, what have I learned so far? Like, how can this like help me like redirect mm. my goals? Um, Cause I think those should always yeah. pretty much be evolving. Yeah. Roll with the punches. Yeah. You know? No, that's so true. All right, I'm going to end there. Thanks for joining me. It was awesome getting to talk about this stuff. And yeah, thank you so much. It's been super fun. Yeah. I'm glad we could do it. And yeah, 
Best. Yeah. Sign off. Kathy and Kevin. Best. <laughs>